The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This week on your favorite soap opera, it's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, and recaps. Now, here's Dan. Get ready to smash your mirrors and walk under a ladder, soap fans, because this is a spooky Friday the 13th edition of Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Triskroldecophobia. Try saying that. Five times fast. I could barely say it once, and it was my idea to say it. (laughs) For the next hour, in addition to coming up with tongue twisters and listening to sirens in the background, we are going to be discussing anything and everything soap with some very special guests, and we'll be taking calls from you, the soap fans. It's what we do here every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. So the question for today is, are you superstitious? And do you like a good, scary movie? Those are some of the topics that we are undoubtedly going to be talking about with today's guest. First up, we have General Hospital's Denise Alexander, who will be joining us in just a few moments to talk about the third season of her new web series, The Inn. And later in the show, we'll be joined by Psychic to the Stars, John Cohen. Plus, all hour long, we're going to be taking your calls to find out who you think are the unluckiest characters in soap opera history. Now, I might argue that there really aren't any lucky characters in soap history, but what do I know? We're going to see what you guys have to say. Maybe some are just unluckier than others. But in order to talk to you and find out who you think has been unlucky in love or unlucky in life, you're going to need to call in, or perhaps you want to talk to this week's guest. Here's the number that you need. It's 866-472-5788. Again, the number is 866-472-5788. If for some reason you cannot make it to the phone, or maybe there's a black cat standing between you and the phone and you don't want to tempt fate, you can also join us on Twitter, at Soap Central, and we've started a comment thread on our official Facebook page. It's at facebook.com slash Soap Central. Those are all the places that you can join in and partake in the show because it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's Friday the 13th, so what could possibly go wrong? That's me knocking on wood, just in case. And just to let you guys know what we're coming up with when we talk about unlucky characters, here's something that we received from a reader earlier in the week from Lisa, who said, at first, I was going to say that any woman who was involved with Sonny Corinthos, because it seems like things never end well for them. However, I've come to realize that it isn't bad luck. It's those women just making bad choices. So that's what we're looking for. Again, call in all hour, but we are going to get right on with our first guest because my first guest this week has become somewhat of a regular here on Soap Central Live. And let me tell you, I couldn't be happier about that. You may know her best as Leslie Weber on ABC's General Hospital or Mary McKinnon on Another World, but she's also active in the world of web series, having appeared in Pretty and now 
two seasons going on the third season of The Inn. It's Friday the 13th, and I couldn't think of a better time to have Denise Alexander come back to visit with us and talk about the upcoming third season of The Inn. So, Denise, welcome back to Soap Central Live. Hey, hi, again, hi. I have to tell you, I don't have a black cat between me and the phone, but I have a black and white cat who periodically walks across to me while I'm talking on the phone and sits on my lap. She's actually gone back into her bed right now. I don't think that counts. I don't think that it does, but you bring up a very good way to start our, our big Friday the 13th conversation. I've been interviewing people now for 18 years, and I've found, Denise, that professional athletes and actors, to me, seem to be some of the most superstitious people, or maybe just more superstitious than the average person. Uh, do, you think that, do you think that that's true, and are you superstitious? I am probably one of the least superstitious if at all, superstitious people you will ever meet. When you said athletes, you said actors and athletes. And I thought, well, okay. You know, thoughts that go whizzing through your thinking. Athletes have things like if they're on, if if it's baseball and you're on a, a winning streak or a pitching or a hitting streak. I I've heard so many stories about how, that athlete will not change that shirt or they have this little routine or ritual that they do. Um, I didn't, I don't think of it as sort of being so prevalent within that whole genre, but, but maybe so. Actors, okay, well, there was the thing. It's probably very, very well known now that you don't, you don't ever say good luck in theater, particularly. You say break a leg. And that would sound really bizarrely strange if you didn't know that it was a superstition of theater. And so I guess, oh, okay, yeah, would I say good luck to, no, I wouldn't. Would I say break a leg? Yeah, I would. I think of it as more tradition than superstition. What do you think? I guess, I mean, some of the stuff is definitely superstition. Uh, hockey players that won't shave, or even I think football players, they don't shave when they're in the playoffs because they think mm-hmm, if they shave, mm-hmm. it's going to bring them bad luck. Uh, yeah. I have people who, before we go on the air here, they tell me to break an earlobe instead of good luck, I guess, continuing <laughs> really? okay. that, that strange. But, I mean, I sort of think of a lot of the superstitions as crazy. And folks who follow me on Twitter and Facebook know that I have some very unusual neighbors, and I have one in particular who, if she leaves the house and realizes that she's forgotten something inside, when she goes back in to get it, she has to stop at the front door, look at herself three times in the mirror before going back out, because if she doesn't, it's bad luck. I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. To me, it just sounds a little, you know, yeah. a little cuckoo. I, uh, to me, too, but I am one of those people who will drive away from the house and think, oh, I didn't lock the door. <laughs> or, oh, I think I left the dog locked, and, and I'll have to go back. And and I have to then drive away and stop myself from saying, now, did I really do it? So, yeah, I can get a little silly, but I just think that I'm a loon, basically. <laughs> oh, I have that, too, where I've been many a times where I've come back, and I've had to check, is the door locked? Did I really blow out a candle? Did I turn mm-hmm. off the oven? But that's not superstitious to me. That's making sure you don't burn your house down. Yeah, and being a worry ward. Now, what you asked about, um, or you mentioned uh, horror movies and things. Yeah, well, I'm doing The Inn now, and do you think The Inn is a horror story, 
or do you think it's a psychological mystery? I'm more inclined to think it's the last one. There's a, a you know, the, the kids, when they're, they're wandering in the streets, they might have a, a term, a mind blank, a mind something. Mm-hmm. That's sort of what it is. It's, it's, it sort of messes with what's going on. And I think to me... Are you, are you thinking about brain fart? <laughs> no, I'm thinking of I'm a, a sc- <laughs> screwing with your mind uh, in, a, in, a, in a more inappropriate way. But I think that what mm-hmm. I like best, for me... You know, the, the slash em ups, the, the, certainly the Friday the 13th, the whole horror series. There's yeah. something to be said for the scare factor of is there someone lurking in the closet or, you know, hiding behind a tree. There's another thing to be said, though, for having no idea what's really going on and thinking that one thing is one way, maybe the person yeah. you think is a good person, yeah. turns out that it's not. That, to me, is far more powerful because it really yeah. sort of messes with your whole sense of reality. Now, see, I love that. I love a good mystery. Um, I went through at one point in my life everything Agatha Christie ever wrote, and then I would pick different different writers and read every if they were good mystery. Uh, I liked um, I liked thrillers, but to me, I just get so angry and so annoyed with all those people in horror movies. Why are you going into that room, you silly, ridiculous person, is kind of where I am watching it. And just think, I can't feel sorry for this person. They were just so dumb to do that. So mostly that's what I feel in horror movies. Although, when I first saw, um, I'm trying to think which one it was. There was a very famous movie. I was a kid. I was like teens or something where they would say, if you go to see this, don't tell anybody the ending, and we're not going to let anybody in after the first X number of minutes. Um, uh, gosh. Um, I can't think of the name of it now. Isn't that dumb? That's well, okay. I, did, I, I will jump just like anybody else, you know, when somebody who makes a good horror movie does that thing of leading you up to it and everything gets very quiet and everything slows down. And if you listen carefully, the sound effect is of a beating heart and and then they're going to scare the hell out of you and you're going to jump. And I, I jump. I do. They get me. Well, I think that that's the case. I, uh, they released the Alfred Hitchcock movies, all of them. They remastered them and, and released them on Blu-ray. Oh. And I've seen a couple of them. I haven't seen all of them. So I thought, you know what? This is a good deal. It was in the Costco. Not yeah. a plug for them. It's where I happened to be. And it was on a really good price. I think it's, it's 15 movies. And I decided to get them and start watching them. And there have been a couple that absolutely had that moment, those yeah, Hitchcockian moments where you think you know everything that's going to happen, yeah. and you know, particularly soap fans, you know, we think we know everything. Yes, I know, and it's getting, it's getting more so all the time. <laughs> and then, bam, it's completely the opposite. You know, the person who you felt sorry for the entire movie and, mm-hmm. and were you know, ready to send them flowers and candies to help them, they're the horrible person, and they're the now, one that... And do you see the influence of that in the end? Because oh, Steve Silverman has, is so enamored of the Hitchcockian way of filmmaking and is, I mean, this is all such a tribute to Hitchcock. So do you, are you finding that flavor that you're talking about now as, as you watch the inn? Oh, very much so. There are, and, you know, for folks who haven't yet 
seen the first two seasons, I want to let them know that those are available online for you to catch up. You can get caught up really in no time. Oh, yes. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can go watch The Inn. You can watch seasons one and two. And I really, really, really love season two so much. But you won't understand season two if you don't see season one, which is where it all gets set up. So I hope... I hope that everybody that's listening will treat themselves. It, you, couldn't, you couldn't watch it any faster. They're like three to four minutes long. And there's so much packed in there. And this, our next season, which is starting October, I think it's October 7th. 7th, it is. Which is a Monday. Um, it, it, <laughs> there are so many twists and turns that if you are able to watch season one through and then season two through, Season three will be so rich with all of these twists and turns and things that really are revealed. But boy, if you're not watching carefully, you won't get that explanation and that reveal. And, and um, well, I'm, I'm sort of majorly enamored of the end, so I hope everybody watches. I think the the point that you made, Denise, is really, really good, is that you don't have to worry that if now we're on season three, you're thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to sit and watch hours and hours of old episodes. They they really are snippet. I mean, and and I mean that in the best way, because when you get done with the an episode of The Inn, for me, I wanted more. I was annoyed that they were over. Uh, so that's certainly It's got to be the best compliment that you can give somebody who puts them together is I was annoyed because I wanted more. Yes. Yes, as, as I absolutely join you in that. Really annoys me. And I thought there was so much more when we were doing it because it's so intricate and it's so layered um, that it feels like it's very dense, you know, with all of these layers and twists and mysteries and who is, what, as you said, who's really good and who's really not and where am I being misled about this and what is that relationship and... Who's telling the truth and who isn't? I love all of that. And to do it felt, well, it took us, you know, took us some time to get that all done. And then it just goes so quickly. And if you blink, you're going to miss something important. I've watched, I I go back and I watch the episodes over just after having watched it to see what's going on, I then go back and rewatch them to see if there's any sort of little shenanigans going on in the back that I need to be aware of or... Uh, you know, That's something what that you should do. Does it, yes. does it happen that way? Do you find things that you haven't seen before? In season two, there was one episode for sure that I actually think it might have been the season finale that I watched it again. And there were some things that uh, I think became more aware to me after watching like, oh, my goodness. You know, and then I, I flipped back. But you know, we talked about sort of dancing around the, you know, who's good, who's bad. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some of the other cast members because she's been here on the show a couple of times. You have Crystal Chappelle, mm-hmm. uh, Mark Gant, Kyle David Pierce, uh, everybody in this doing a really good job. It's creepy, but not in the sense that I don't want people to think that they're going to be scared out of their no, mind. No, psychological thriller. To me, and Crystal does a gorgeous job. Well, I think everybody's really good. I mean, I just enjoy Sheriff Riggs, Chuck Sloan, so much. And I, there's not one person in this that I don't have enormous respect for and whose work I haven't enjoyed. But um, the treat of working with Crystal, Crystal and I have only worked together once. We did a reading of a play that uh, Steve had written. 
And we both kind of looked at each other meeting again and went, didn't we do something a really long time ago? And I just, um, it was a tremendous delight to work with her, to find another actor where you meet on a very special level. You, you make a very special connection. And I think that um, her, as she gives us, Jane, what we see really adds to the mystery and the frustration of not being able to know exactly what's going on all the time so much. So I'm a big fan. And if you want to be a big fan out there, everybody, again, as we were mentioning, you can watch the first two seasons for free. You can watch the third season for free as well, but the first two seasons are up right now at theinseries.com. Season three will kick off on October 7th. We'll be tweeting like crazy to let you know when it's available for you to watch. But like I said, I'm enjoying it. There's no really a better time than to watch on Friday the 13th. You can <laughs> That's true. put it on while it would, you're... It would make a great Friday the 13th activity, which will take no more total than a half hour. And don't you love... I'm sure you see it, Dan. I love reading the comments that people are writing about what they've seen. It's surprisingly um, really... Um, it's, it's as though you were listening to professional filmmakers because people are getting so sophisticated now as they watch. And I think maybe we get a lot of soap people. And soap people, as you alluded to earlier, are just way too smart for their own good anymore. I mean, you do one little thing and they can jump, you know, 14 weeks in the storyline and know where you're heading. How did that happen? How did they get smarter than we are? You know, it just fascinates me. The, and, and everybody really, the comments really read like, oh gosh, you, you didn't really find that in the olden days unless it was perhaps a, somebody who was a student in, in film or television or theater and, uh, or, from reviewers that kind of insight and in-depth knowledge and I just get such a kick out of it because sometimes they go so bizarrely off on another track and sometimes they are so right on and we think we're being so mysterious well, what I like, and I don't want to, I'm not going to give anything away, so nobody needs to oh, plug up their I, ears. Oh, nor am I, because I get yelled at by Steve <laughs> However, I will say that uh, when the first episode of The Inn premiered, so many people went on to social media and were flooding different internet websites and talking about how they felt so badly for Crystal Chappelle's character named Jane. Mm-hmm. And it's been interesting to see how some of those same people, as the series has gone on, to see what their comments are mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. And, and even even to your character, even to Lola, where people thought, oh, you know, look at how helpful she is, giving somebody directions. What a darling lady. <laughs> And, you know, maybe you're not as dar, maybe Lola's not as darling as, mm-hmm. as what we think. So I like that because, again, it's really nice to be able to see the, the layers of, you know, not being able to know what's going on and, and enjoying that because it, it does get to a point where if you are able to telegraph where something's going, mm-hmm. maybe some of the, the viewing experience goes away a little bit, but, 
like you, I also like when some of the fans have no idea and they're absolutely convinced uh, making stuff up here. You know, they're, they're absolutely convinced that uh, Jane is a Martian from another universe and <laughs> time. I love that. And, uh, I love when they go off. And sometimes you, you read that and you think, wow, that would make a really good story. <laughs> you know, they, they wonder if I should get in touch with somebody and, and let them know. I have to tell you a big secret. We don't know very much more than the people watching. I'm still trying to figure out who Lola is. And we did, um, I think I've mentioned this before, we did have a chance, the actors, in, in two groups of people who would work together more than with others, to really sit and talk about who are these characters. And it was always with a question mark. We weren't told who the characters were by Mr. Silverman. It was kind of who are the characters and what are their relationships. And everybody would go around and everybody would have an opinion because we don't know. And um, I find things after I've done them and then I see them in context of the show because most actors will only read their own lines on the page. You know, that's all that really interests them. And so you get to see it put together, particularly with the with the visual eye that that Steve has and the beautiful work that's done by uh, Peter, our director of photography, and um, and you find more than you really knew was there. I have the freedom doing these shows at Pretty and and the end that I've done with Steve. The freedom that you rarely get elsewhere, and um, just have that unusual experience where a director, writer, creator will say, just do this, and you sort of say, okay, and you don't know what you're doing, and you have no idea what it's supposed to look like, and then you see it put together, and you go, oh my God, that's so great, I love that so much, which is sort of how I feel about one set of scenes in season two, which cut back and forth between two places, between the inn Mm -hmm. and, and Lola's Diner. And I didn't really know that's what we were doing when we did it. I, I'd read the script, believe me, I'd read the script, but somehow I didn't get what it was going to look like, and I'm just crazy nuts about it right now. So, and well, I'm looking I like forward listening. to what people think about the next season and, and many, many twists and turns and unexpected surprises. What I like to hear, and certainly when an actor is involved in a project, you would think that they would be a fan or a promoter of the project, not because of of their job, but because they enjoy it. But that's not always been the case. But listening to you, I can really hear your passion. I can really hear that you are a fan of this. And perhaps if you weren't in it, this is something that you would also you know, be telling people that they should check out. So I, I appreciate that. Well, then you have to, you don't have to, you don't have to do anything honest, I promise. <laughs> okay, I'd like to share with you something that because of the inn and because of Pretty, I have been fortunate enough, I mean, the last three years have been really wonderful for me because without trying for it or going out searching, between, between Louise on Pretty and Lola on the inn, and being given back Le- Leslie on General Hospital, mm-hmm. I have had 
an extraordinary experience, basically playing three characters at once. And I get to try things that I would never have thought of trying before. And, and, I, and that desire to do that is growing and getting stronger and stronger in me. And I, I don't quite know how to make that happen, but I feel very blessed. I feel extremely fortunate in a way that many actors aren't. I mean, if you join a theater group or you work with a repertory company, you're going to have that experience as an actor. But I get to do it where hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, uh, are able to see it. So it's pretty exciting for me. And that's another thing, too, for a lot of people. Uh, again, just having interviewed and, and listening to interviews, whether it be on television or radio or elsewhere, sometimes you get the impression that it's become sort of uh, the expected. It's become sort of uh, de rigueur for people to, oh, I'm in a movie. Well, you know, let me go and talk about my movie. But mm-hmm. you've got, you've got the passion. I mean, you're talking about being re-energized and re-excited, and you know, who knows what the possibilities are. That's also, I think, something that fans can see in the work. Uh, you know, Crystal Chappelle is doing a lot of web series. You've been in oh, two yeah. web series. Uh, for a lot of people, they may think that, oh, how could they go from television to the web series? That's not the way to go. People, for whatever reason, think it's it's a, a lateral move. Mm-hmm. But it's not, because when you watch something like The Inn or The Pretty or uh, Venice, a lot of these web series that we've talked about here on Soap Central Live, they look good. This isn't somebody with a, a, a camera recording their cat chasing a mouse. This mm-hmm. is really, really high-quality stuff. And that, to me, at first was very surprising. I thought that you know, some of the web series, maybe it would be very home movie. And this is just the opposite. This and is might be movie. and could be, and, and that's fine, too. But I, didn't you find when we were down... Uh, um, <laughs> when we were involved in Hot as Hell in Palm Springs and we got to see the stuff on the big screen, I just thought it looked terrific. It did. I was very impressed. I'm very, very impressed what Peter and Steve have created together. And um, uh, we, were, we had to get some pickup shots. I don't know if the audience will know what that is. Oh, they're smarter than I am when it comes to filming. When you finish something and you're looking at it and you're editing it together and you think, oh, shoot, I didn't get, I need a picture of that. She's looking at that over there and the audience won't know. She's, you have to go back and get that shot of that that she's looking at. So mm-hmm. we had great fun about, um, well, I've gone a little loopy. I think it was a week ago, <laughs> uh, but this has been quite an interesting week for me. Uh, we went and to do some pickup shots back at the location of the inn. And um, there was one point where they couldn't quite balance the sunshine of the day with the shadow of the trees. And James, our wonderful makeup artist, picked up the reflector. And, it's, you know, on a film set, you can't do that because everybody has their specified jobs. And this was a little bit like a group of people getting together Maybe you're film students and you're going to make your film that's going to be your thesis or something. And I've been a professional 175 years now, and I never got to do that. So it's it was the it was like going to camp with my darling friends, and and then I got to see some of it um, because the the new way of of um, I'm going to use the old phrase filming uh, is you get to see it right away on somebody's 
laptop, you know, that is on the dining room table there. And I was stunned at how good it looked, visually, just visually. And um, and I loved, <laughs> remember when we saw the thing uh, that um, from uh, Venice, the, the piece from Venice at Hot as Hell, and uh, I was sitting in the back of the audience, and I'm watching somebody being very, very funny, and, and going, I know that person. I know. Who is that? Is that? Why, do, why does that person look familiar to me? I mean, I was really at the back of the room and really tired, and, and it took me about, I don't know if it was like a 10-minute scene. It took me eight of those 10 minutes to realize it was Susan Hayes, who is one of my dearest, most loved friends in all the world. And wasn't she funny? And people will never know that what they saw of what she did on Venice is who Susan is more than any other character they've ever seen her do. That was Susan Hayes, Susan Seaforth Hayes. And so I got to watch that and watching... Watching Stacy's um, piece about what is it? What was it? Cocktails and crafts. Crafts and cocktails. I think oh, it was. Oh my lord! Was that funny? I mean, you could make a reality series right there—a reality comedy series. So you know, there's great work being done, and it's because I think people have this freedom, and it's sort of like. I grew up when it was mostly you had theater, you had film, you had radio. And then it was going to be television. And it, when it was going to go from movies to television with a little side trip to radio, everybody said, well, it's not going to last. Because what they knew was films and what was this TV? That's not going to last. But we know now, historically, we know the major, like, seismic shift in in entertainment and and we all look at that and say, boy, this is like being there when they went from black and white talkies to color yeah. or when they went from movies to TV. And we're getting to be there. And isn't this exciting? And there's this great freedom. And, uh, yeah, there will be people who are doing photos of their cat dressed up like a sailor or whatever. Well, but I think something very exciting is going to come out of it. Well, everyone out there, while you get ready to go to your Google machines and Google photos of cats dressed up like sailors, <laughs> I want to give Denise one last opportunity before we have to end this segment. Oh, if no, could, oh, no, not yet, not yet. <laughs> well, I know that you're an actor and that actors act. However, I would like for you to step aside from that for a moment. And if you could have your ideal project, if you could create a role for yourself, what would you like to do? that maybe you haven't done before. Are you asking specifically for me to tell you or just in more general terms? More general. We'll put it out into the universe, so maybe it'll happen that way for you. I love, 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 love comedy. And everybody will think that heavy drama, which is also great fun to do. It, it takes great... Mm, you have to be so careful about heavy drama, but to be able to get there and not do too much and bring the audience with you and let them make them feel what your character is feeling is very, very satisfying. However, a very famous actor who was dying at one point is said to have said this. Very famous, most famous actor in theater, I think. I think it was Edwin Booth, but I'm not sure. I'm going to have to look it up on the computer as soon as we stop talking. Um, was dying, and everybody idolized him so that somebody was at his bedside saying, how is this, how is this, meaning dying? Is it, is it terribly difficult? And he said, dying is easy. Comedy is hard. 
<laughs> it is. So it is. I love comedy, and if I could do something where where there would be a moment of touching the audience and and filling them with those kinds of things that speak to us of the magnificence of the human being and how we can reach and touch the hem of God and at the same time work in a spit take, I would be beyond happy. <laughs> well, word on the street is that we have a spit take of you from hot as hell that may or may not see the light of day at some point. Oh, it wasn't a very good one. <laughs> I was I I was not a good acting partner. I was a little jet lagged. It's all my fault. But with that, which you can definitely see guys out there, is the third season of the Inn, kicking off on October 7th at theinnseries.com. First two seasons are available online now for viewing anytime you'd like, on demand, and it's completely free. Denise, I want to thank you so much for dropping by again to chat with me about pretty much anything that comes into my mind. Oh, my great pleasure. I liked talking with you at Hot as Hell. I love talking with you when you're doing your show. Just invite me back again and you'll see I'll be here. I appreciate that. And everybody, I hope that you guys will stay here because we have more Soap Central Live coming up after the break. Everybody, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Hey, so fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews, or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, Check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in today with Soap Central Live starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at SoapCentral.com. Now, back to our stories. We are halfway through this week's Friday the 13th edition of Soap Central Live, and so far, nothing bad has happened, but... Still, knocking on wood, and I'm not moving from my seat, just in case. I don't want to tempt the fate. As you know, we have been asking all week long on social media, on at Soap Central, and 
Facebook.com slash Soap Central. What are some of the unluckiest characters in the history of soap? Figured it was a great Friday the 13th tie-in, and I wanted to read another option that we've gotten from some readers. Someone offered Connie Falconeri from General Hospital. Shot twice because of Sonny, had multiple personalities, lost her son without ever knowing him. That's pretty good. We also have some days entries. We have... Roman Brady, Faye Walker, and Philip Kyriakis of some of the nominations. And just to make sure that no one is left out, there's also a nomination for Nina Webster-McNeil on The Young and the Restless. Just reading through this on Facebook. Uh, born poor, had a loser AWOL dad, a tacky mom, a teenage pregnancy, had a really bad best friend, started to, see, to succeed at writing and lost her dishy boyfriend when he couldn't deal with her success. Sounds pretty unlucky to me. But again, I haven't really come up with any lucky characters that are on the in the world of soaps either. So who knows? Maybe we'll come up with some by the end of the show. But in the meantime, we're going to continue with a Friday the 13th theme. And I was trying to figure out what would be a good idea to pair with a supernatural series like The Inn. And then it came to me, not in a vision, but it just sort of came to me in the shower, actually. So my next guest is known as a psychic to the stars with a celebrity client list that reads like a who's who of Hollywood. He's made numerous television and radio appearances and is the author of the book Catch a Falling Star. I see John Cohan in our future. John, welcome to Soap Central Live. Oh, hi, Dan. It's great to talk with you again. I think the last time we spoke was when my precious friend uh, Brenda Dixon was on. It absolutely is, and that's when the idea came up to uh, bring you back in and talk a little bit about the term psychic, to give people an understanding of what it is, to get some of your, your stories, maybe some that fit in really well with our Friday the 13th theme. So I think it could be a lot of fun. Well, besides fun, I think it's very profound because you're dealing with a very real subject matter. You know, being psychic is something you don't learn or you learn from going to school. So psychic is someone who is genuinely born with the gift, and I was born with the gift and many other talented, uh, gifted people too, but you have to really be born with the gift. It's not something you cannot learn by reading books or going to school. So I've, had many, I've had many. I've had many. I had many wonderful experiences over the years, because uh, in how, many, many thousands of people over the years, when you get down to how many over the years, uh, a lot of them, you know, a good percentage were were celebrities, you know, in show business. Because that's how I got started. I started as a child, and that's how I really, you know, went in that direction. Uh, and I've dealt with many, many wonderful people, and also I've dealt with many not-so-wonderful people. But uh, I must say you were talking earlier about, uh, you know, the greatest actresses on daytime TV and then the most uh, uh, things you don't expect to happen. Well, I thought of two things when you were talking on that subject. One of the things that I know from over the years of, you know, dealing with these soap opera people, uh, I know the history pretty well. I know pretty much of all the shows and the characters and the real people that portrayed them. And I must tell you this, and I've, and, and, and it's a hard decision to pick just one, but I have to tell you in all honesty and all deep, uh, my gift that I have, the greatest actress on daytime TV ever was Beverly McKinsey from Another World. And later on, she went to do The Guiding Light. But she became a household name when she did uh, Another World. She was Iris for almost a decade on that show. A wonderfully 
beautiful, gifted actress, and sadly, she died too young. She died at 72 years old, but to this day, no one could ever forget her because she was, she, her, her name, Iris, from another world, for all the, almost a decade, became a household name. Clint Eastwood was so impressed with her that he put her in the movie Bronco Billy, and the character in Bronco Billy was pretty much like Iris on Another World. He was so quite taken with how she handled that role. A great gal, and she is really, really is very much missed. A lot of people. It's You had sent that in an email to me earlier in the week, and it was funny because as soon as you had mentioned Beverly McKenzie, there were so many past emails and so many past messages that sort of popped into my head from fans who expressed the same thing as you did, how wonderful she was and how that she was taken from us far too soon. Yeah, so, so, so young. 72 today is very, very young. It but, is. See, Be- Beverly, though, she was an exceptionally talented actress. And even though many times when she played that role on Another World, she can be very villainous, very villainous. She could be very villainous. But you know something which... When she did the uh, the crinkly nose smile, she had you wrapped around her finger. <laughs> and that's now, very important. Now, I must tell you too, Dan, before I go on to another sure. thought, is that you were talking about uh, wild endings for characters on the show that's not expected. Well, that happened with many decades ago. That happened on Days of Our Lives with uh, Deidre Hall and her, and her twin sister, Andrea Hall. Well, what happened there is... Uh, Originally, they had planned to get rid of the uh, Marlena character, which Deidre Hall did play back then, and it was going in that direction. But what happened was her fans got so carried away with the whole thing of losing her. You know, what they did is they put a whole boycott, a whole protest, that the studio had to kill her twin sister on the show. She played Samantha on the show. Andrea Hall played Samantha. Well, they had to do in her character rather than what was originally that was originally planned. That was really a wild uh, scheme of things, I'm telling you, because that wasn't what was planned. <laughs> but see, the way things happen, I call them fluky things, is that the studio had no choice. The people at Days of Our Lives, they were forced to do that with the character of Samantha. And sadly for Andrea Hall is that after that, she never really did anything you know, more. After that, she kind of retired and became a teacher and I knew them very well, both both the twin gals. And by the way, talking about Friday the 13th and spooky things happen, well, let me tell you, those whole girls were born on Halloween, October 31st. So you wouldn't want to get them mad. wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> uh, want to get them mad. I want to rewind a little bit and talk about, you mentioned that you were born with the gift. I want to know from you, though, being born with it doesn't necessarily mean that you know that you have it. So when did you become aware that you had the gift of Oh, being- no, that's very true in what you say. Well, as I say in my book, Catch a Falling Star, if anyone wants to pursue that and look into it, but I can give you an answer, yes, of course. Well, it's something that's it's a little scary for someone back in those days in trying to deal with the gift. But I was very fortunate because I had uh, a number of mentor psychics that uh, did help in that category, whereas I knew how to slowly embrace it, understand it, and, you know, try to help others. And by the way, the gift is meant to help others. It's not meant for yourself. No one is, uh, has, has that 
given that gift for that purpose. The gift is to help others, not for yourself. Because can you just picture if someone had it for themselves when they were starting out as a young child, they would never be a human being and have have experiences and grow and cultivate themselves. So in a way, that's, you know, it's good. It's meant for helping other people, such as I have made that the, you know, the focus of my life. Yeah, I'm actually, I did think about that. And there are a lot of people, too, you know, when they, they talk about their skepticism about people who have the gift, they say, well, if you're a psychic, why can't you give yourself the winning lottery numbers? And why can't no, you? No, no, never, never happened. It's not meant for that purpose. And also, you know, how would the person grow? How would they have everyday experience? It would be a, if they, it was just based on getting it for yourself, can you, can you picture the egomaniac that person would turn out to be? <laughs> there are some people who've turned into egomaniacs and they don't have the gift. So well, let's, let's not talk about the, a lot of these soap opera people right now. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to try to keep it to a, a, a totally different topic. And the question that I have for you, and I'm looking at people uh, making comments on Twitter and having questions, there are some people who really do, John, think that the... Uh, the term psychic is nothing more than it's a bunch of hogwash. It's smoke and mirrors. People have abused it, whether it be in the past on, you know, infomercials and telling them to call me now and things of that nature. How do you well, convince that, well, someone that this is real? Enough, Dan, there are some that, that are in that category and it makes it bad for the real legit people like me. That's true. Even though with me, it's a different thing because I've been doing this for so many, many decades, you know, but you have a point in that, but there are, when a person is psychic, I mean, in what I do with the celebrities all my life is to help them in, in something that's going on in their lives, something that needs uh, resolvement to. It isn't totally about, oh, tell me the future, tell me the future. It's not based on that alone. It's that a lot of these readings are about what's happening now in their life. You know, what, what, what could there be a solution for this? Uh, can I be alert to this? Can I be aware of that? It isn't about the foolish term that is so many used on so many soap operas too, like on, on Young and the Restless. They use that quite often. In, in talking about, oh, tell me the future, I want to know the future. A real legit psychic, it isn't based on that. They have the gift to help you with something that's going on right now or something that you should be alert to or what direction you're going. Those are the important, you know, issues there, not about that foolish term, oh, tell me the future. It, it is so, it's like primitive and it's like someone saying to me, saying to you, to me or to anyone, oh, let's have a seance, let's do this, let's do that. That's kind of primitive. Today, a gifted for a real psychic, they know how to channel to contact someone beyond to get a message to you. So lots of those terms are used very foolishly, especially they've been playing that up on Young and the Restless a lot, using terms like that. Oh, tell me the future. Uh, foolish terms like that. A real legit psychic does not go on that, on that, on those thoughts. It's about helping the person right now and what's going on in their life. And many times, uh, Someone will say to me, oh, you know, tell me about this, tell me about that. Well, I, I do, I use my gift and everything, but sometimes it will come back. What's going on in their life is not all that great or that good, but it has to be put in front of them so they can go in a better direction. And the foolishness of all that, of them not comprehending that, is they'll say, oh, that's not so positive, or that's not good things. Well, listen, sweetheart, I'm not the one, I'm picking up on things that are going on in your life. I'm not inventing them. I'm telling you what's going on in your life that can be fixed or can be, you know, resolved. But see, their, their mindset and some people, their mindsets, they'll say, oh, if it's not something good, don't tell me, or it's a, it's not, it's a negative thing. 
but that's not how I look at it. Well, how I look at it is when I pick up on these things, if it isn't not so good, it's okay because I'm here to help you resolve that or go in a better direction. But see, the mindset of people, it shows there, it's like a one-track mind. You can't do that. You have to be open-minded and understand where all that's coming from. If it's to help you, that, that's what's most important. I'm picking up on things that are going on in your life. I'm not here inventing things or doing dramatic scenes. I'm telling you something that's going on in your life, and the purpose of having me here is to help you. Have you ever encountered someone who you were not able to pick up anything from them, and what do you do in that situation? Uh, no, I mean, not to such an extreme like that. Uh, there are some that are uh, have uh, they're not responsive to psychic per se and they may say they may be wasting time in saying well I'll just do this as a joke or I'll waste this time or I'll test him well of course you're going to have all sorts of you know crazy vibes coming from them it's going to be I wouldn't say a total block but it's a waste of time because if you're just going to use a person to test them or to have a joke or to be entertained I, I don't operate that way I operate on helping the person and I'm real and I expect that kind of respect and acknowledgement. If I see it's not that way, I will pull away from you. That's about the extent of that. But, I mean, I can pick up pretty good on, you know, what's going on and what's happening with the person. As as I say again, you're going to come across the ones who are, you know, just, oh, let me do it for entertainment. Let me do it for, uh, to test the person. Well, let me tell you something. I've been around too many decades for any (laughs) testing or any entertainment. I'm I'm always here to help the person and I have a pretty good track record. I believe that you have certainly experienced a lot of those in your career. One of the questions that I have, and I see that we're almost out of time, so I want to make sure that I ask this question. I've, we hear sort of anecdotally when people are discussing people who have a, the gift, that they say that everyone is born with some degree of uh, being able to be in tune with that sort of, of gift or that sort of vision or, or feel. Do you think that that is true? And if so, how are people who are listening, how can they be more in tune to, to understanding what's going on in their own self? No, I have to take the stance there because I'm talking now from, you know, my whole life and years of experience going through that, and, and that's what I do. That's what I've been doing all my life. Uh, you have to be born with the gift. Uh, you you hear a lot of people say, oh, well, I'm intuitive, or um, I, I picked that up long before it happened. Well, you know, uh, anyone's uh, Aunt, Aunt uh, Sophie or Uncle Frank can have that intuitive, you know, thing on some certain, you know, times and stuff. But you have to be, it, 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 it differentiates from being born with the psychic gift. It's two different things altogether, and they, a lot of people will confuse that, you know. Uh, in order to say you have the gift, you have to have that when you're very young. You have to be able to help someone's life in some way or another, and then you can, you know, follow it from there on. But just to say, oh, well, I feel this, and, and it came to be passing, no, it's two different things. Uh, intuitive, or, you know, a woman's intuition, or you have a good input to something, it's quite different from you know, being born with a psychic gift. Well, John, I want to thank you so much for dropping by on this fitting Friday the 13th episode. I appreciate talking to you, and hopefully we'll be able to have you back again when we have a little more time and we can get into uh, some different topics. Absolutely, Dan. It's always great talking to you.
Thank you. All right, everybody, out there, we have a caller on the line who doesn't really necessarily want to talk about anything Friday the 13th ishy, but I'm going to, well, apparently we have lost the caller from Brooklyn. Tasha, I was ready for you. I was right there but now you've left me in the lurch. So what I'm going to do for the next couple of moments until she calls back or somebody else wants to weigh in, I've got some other options from people who have some uh, different suggestions for people who are unlucky. I'm on Twitter at Soap Central reading what people have to say. Uh, we have Nice LJ. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it, but that's how I'm going to pronounce it. And they, she agrees with Manhas45, that Sharon from The Young and the Restless is probably the unluckiest character on soaps and says that she needs some therapy. I don't know if that necessarily makes someone unlucky that they need therapy. I know some people in my own personal neighborhood who could probably use some therapy, but that's a, a totally different show for another time. We also have Dog Bites. It's a cute name. I like that. With a, a G and a Z at the end. Stefano Demira. He's been shot, stabbed, poisoned, burned, but the phoenix still manages to rise. So for you dog bites, I would say, does that make him unlucky or does that make him lucky? Because he's managed to come back. For me, now that we're talking about this, perhaps the truly the unluckiest characters in soap opera history are the ones who didn't get a chance to come back from the dead. It seems everybody else has had that opportunity. Going on to... Uh, let's see who this is. We have SM. Of course, it's just a couple of letters. Jack from Days of Our Lives. Every time he comes back to life, he's killed again. That's pretty true. Uh, and this time it seems as though it's, it's stuck a little longer than it did in the past. One other one that we have from Shadow User is General Hospital's AJ and All My Children's JR. I will also second that opinion. So that's what we have in terms of what's going on with the unlucky characters in soap history. I want to talk a little bit about what's coming up in the next couple of weeks on the show because we are slowly, slowly ticking up to our show number 200 coming up next month. I don't know what's going to happen on that show. There may or may not be another batch of surprises. I certainly hope not because I don't like surprises, but Anything is possible. We have some other great guests coming up in the weeks ahead. Next week, we have another web series discussion. We're going to be discussing Dating in the Middle Ages. Deidre Hall, who we talked about in this last segment, is a special guest this season in Dating in the Middle Ages. And the word on the street is that she sings in the latest episode. We're working to get her to be part of our special celebration of the Dating in the Middle Ages web series. So keep your fingers crossed. She may be here with us next week. But one person who definitely will be with us is a former General Hospital starlet, Lindsay Morgan. She'll be here to talk about her work in Destroy the Alpha Gammas. It's a web series it's sort of Glee meets General Hospital meets uh, Mean Girls. That's a whole lot of stuff meeting each other. But trust me when I say it all seems to work out the way that it's supposed to. And then coming up in October, we have Jerry Verdorn and some special guests to talk about the Stars and Strikes episode, uh, the charity raising fundraiser in New York. So... 
we're going to be able to have some great guests coming up. And, of course, there are always a chance for surprises. Uh, Doug Davidson from The Young Arrestus will be here coming up in the weeks ahead. And before you know it, we're going to be at the end of the year, our look back at 2013 with the highs and lows from the Two Scoops columnist and a look at the highlights if there were any, hopefully there were, fingers crossed, from the past year of Soap Central Live. So we are at the end of the show. I want to make sure that right now I thank the folks who are part of today's show, Denise Alexander and John Coham. We've managed to get through this Friday the 13th show unscathed, and I hope that both Denise and John have at least seven years of good luck if that's possible to wish somebody on Friday the 13th. Be sure to check out Denise in the web series thriller, The Inn. You can watch it for free at theinseries.com or on the Soap Central video channel at voiceamerica.tv. There are also some really exciting projects that will be debuting on Soap Central TV coming up in the weeks ahead. Stay tuned here and to SoapCentral.com for all the details on that. If you missed any part of today's show, if you want to hear it again, if you've missed any of the links or the other information that we discussed over the past hour, just surf on over to our official Soap Central Live show page at SoapCentral.com slash radio. While you're there, you can also check out any of our past shows. As I mentioned, we are creeping our way towards show number 200 but you don't have to worry about not being a viewer of a soap or not being able to follow along because we're talking about deep storyline nuggets. It's not what we do here on the show. My goal is to have guests on from in front of the camera, behind the camera, and get to know them on a level that maybe we don't get to know from their work. It's a great opportunity to meet people who we may not be completely familiar with. Maybe we know their name from Emmy nominations or Emmy wins or anything like that. And it's really a chance for us to do that here on Soap Central Live. So go over there. All the episodes are free on demand. You can check them out whenever you want. Take them with you. Download them. Listen to them while you're cleaning the bathroom or the kitchen. I don't know what you guys do when you're listening to the show. But we'll be back here again next week, Friday, September 20th at the same time, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. I hope that you'll join us then for the continuing saga of Soap Central Live. Have a great and spooky week, everybody. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel.